Is Lamar Jackson destined to be the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens based off of what other teams have said about potentially pursuing him? We talk about that. Look at the wide receiver situation in Baltimore. Odell Beckham talk about Calais Campbell in that loss for Baltimore's defense and so much more coming up next here on this Thursday edition of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostrecker of Ravens Wire. We're here, as always, on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much for tuning in with us today, making us your first listen each and every day here on Locked on Ravens. You can subscribe for free audio form, video form on YouTube as well. And today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, a visual sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started and we're back here we're essentially locked on Lamar Jackson alongside locked on Ravens here as we've been talking a lot about Lamar Jackson and here to break this down with me more is Rita Hubbard you can find her everywhere the G Gals podcast over at the winning drive podcast 105.7 everywhere she's I've missed out like five other things so she has been everywhere right now Rita this has been a whirlwind I know we were talking off the air about how I reached out to you and then just a couple hours later, we hear the Lamar Jackson trade request and everything just goes down. How, how has this situation been for you with Lamar over these past couple of weeks and couple of months? First off, thank you for having me. Uh, but all well, this has just been a lot. Honestly, I felt like that had happened and that we just weren't aware of it. And obviously, you know, that that came to be true. It just felt like the, the all the stalemate talk eventually he would have probably asked to be traded. But if you think about it, if he did it on March the 2nd, obviously uh, the the non-exclusive tag came after the fact, which makes a little bit more sense. So if he's asking for a trade and the Ravens say, okay, well, hold off, let's, you know, see what the market value is. And if you don't, you know, if whoever puts in an offer sheet will match it, or if it's too much, you know, then obviously you were right and we were wrong. Right. So it feels like this is a ploy to get teams to come and say, okay, well now we're not stepping on any toes or we're not doing dirty work. If we're putting in an offer sheet, he's legit asking for a trade and maybe trying to garner some interest from other teams. And it's funny because it really hasn't moved the needle as of yet. I mean, we heard the Colts name come up and say, you know, they would explore the option. But honestly, Kevin, I I don't even think that that's true. I'm going to be honest here. Um, I just don't think that the Colts really want to do that. As of right now, they have the fourth overall pick. So I'm not really sure if they want to give that up. Um, now, I'm curious to see if if Lamar is still available after the draft, how they go about doing it, if they don't get a quarterback. But as of right now, they're in position to get one of the four main ones that are available. So it's just really been interesting because, you know, I think that that was his plan to try to get people to say, OK, now I'm going to I'm going to put my hat in the ring. But as of right now, we haven't really seen any movement, which is. You know, I don't think that that was supposed to be how that went. But uh, as of right now, it feels like it's a continuously stalemate process in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes going on. Right. And it's a fair point you make, because I feel like with this 
whole trade request. I've, a lot of people looked at the timing of it right as John Harbaugh yep. sat down to speak with the media at the NFL owners meetings and, you know, maybe why it was that. If it was a calculated thing, Lamar did. Oh, I, don't yeah. think, I don't think it was just pure coincidence that right no, as John Harbaugh sat down. I think there, there was something Lamar was thinking about. And you mentioned that, like, maybe the market just hasn't been what he expected it to be. And this was maybe just a play for him to say, you know, I'm going to see what I can do to maybe drum up interest and really tell these teams, hey, look, this is what I want. And the tweets to me, Rita, it didn't seem like it was necessarily an organizational thing where Lamar is saying, I'm so unhappy with the organization. I want out at all costs. I think if, if the Ravens came to Lamar, let's say tomorrow or this weekend and said, you know, Lamar, we'll come up to your price. I think Lamar would say, let's do it. You know, let's sign the deal. I think this is more of a money thing than an actual organizational thing. Yeah, and, you know, to point RG3, Robert Griffin went on ESPN. You know, he has a day, he, he's on a daily show on there. And he just said last week that he didn't think this was like a situation where it's insalvageable. He doesn't even think it's it's that far. He just thinks that it's a money thing. We That's important because he said this, and we're I'm almost positive he knew that Lamar had asked for a trade in saying that because we know that they have a relationship, right? So him saying that after the fact that Lamar had asked for a trade, obviously at that point it wasn't public, but nonetheless he had asked for one, I think is important to say that this is more so about money. Um, but for the Ravens and for Lamar, you really have to say to both sides, you got to be careful what you wish for. And for Lamar, you know, that side is obviously, yes. I mean, if you, you want more money, you feel like you're worth more. Um, no one can tell you how to feel about that. And that's fine. But you have to be careful about, you know, when you go to another organization, you know, every organization is run differently. You know what I mean? Even though they're under the NFL umbrella, they're really their own entities. And so if you go somewhere and they might pay you a lot of money, but they might, might not have the same type of structure as the Ravens. They might not have the same type of, you know, chemistry and environment as the Ravens. And, and if you look at the, the gradings from the NFLPA on different teams, that tells you right away, different teams do different things. So you got to be careful about what you wish for. And for the Ravens, you know, my thing is, is that, how long are you going to let this go on? Is this become a pride issue? Is this become I'm I'm on my line and I'm just this is what I said. This is what we're going to do and not try to at least get close to what Lamar is asking for, because if he continuously says he's not asking for a fully guaranteed deal. I'm really confused as to why we're not at a place where both teams or both sides could be comfortable and come together. So this is a risky thing for both Lamar and for both the Ravens, because Lamar could go somewhere potentially and hate it there. Okay, the money is great, but you know, do they take care of you? What's the environment like? What's the culture like? And then the Ravens could potentially be in quarterback hell, forget purgatory, hell, you know, for the next few years to come, and then looking for the guy that's going to take Lamar Jackson's place, which to me is a high thing to have to worry about moving down the line in this division and in this conference. Right. And we've seen all the AFC North teams make moves. I mean, the Steelers bring in Patrick Peterson and a couple yep. other solid guys, the Bengals with Orlando Brown, former Raven. And then you have the Browns bringing in a couple of really solid pieces, Juan Thornhill too. And Reed, I talked with Ingraven last week, Ingraven Viz, and he said that it just seems like there's no middle ground. Like usually in negotiations, it seems like, you know, these sides where they work, where they work together, but Lamar has his number, the Ravens have their number and they work together, but it almost seems like both sides are so entrenched in what they want. And look, again, I, I will not bash Lamar Jackson for believing in what he's worth. He has that right. right. That is 100% his right. But I think in this negotiation process, as we've kind of heard throughout the owners' meetings so far, 
Stephen Holder of ESPN saying that Lamar's contract demands are basically non-starters for teams at this point. And we're coming out. I mean, Sarah Ellison did a great job putting together a tweet of, of all these things that the NFL owners and coaches and general managers have said, you know, the Falcons owner, Arthur Blank, talking about sustainability and play style, which I, I think is such a tired argument at this point, personally. And then you have other teams, you know, saying we have quarterbacks, we have the picks here. And then at the bottom, she puts what John Harbaugh said. I mean, to me, Rita, it just seems like, and again, so much can change, but is the best situation for Lamar just to come back to Baltimore because all these teams right now are saying we're good. We don't want the guaranteed money. We don't want this. We don't want that. Is Lamar at this point destined to be the quarterback of Baltimore in 2023? Or what do you think about that? I mean, I would think that if someone really thought that Lamar was worth breaking the code, because a lot of us believe that there's some soft C going on and I don't want to use the word because, you know, I don't, I don't want anybody coming back for me uh, saying, you know, uh, you, you said we were doing the C word. I don't have any money to they, they, they try to take me to court. So they, if that's going on, right, um, if there's an owner like a Jimmy Haslam, right, that is like, I need a quarterback, I'm breaking the line. I feel like they would do that if they felt like the risk was worth more. I mean, the reward was worth more than the risk, right? And as of yet, we have seen that to happen. And so, you know, do I think that Lamar would be a good quarterback elsewhere? Sure, absolutely. He's a phenomenal player and he puts butts in the seats. But ultimately, I think that the Ravens is the best situation for Lamar. For Lamar, They're the franchise that took the risk by trading up to get Lamar after 31 other teams passed on him. They're the franchise that believes in Lamar. They love Lamar. You had Sashi Brown come out and say, we want to work this out. We love Lamar. I don't think people say stuff like that after a person asks to be traded if they didn't want that person to stay. I mean, people lie all the time, and so it's very possible. I just don't think in this situation that it's a lie. You had John Harbaugh finding out the way the rest of us did. Well, he obviously knew that he asked for a trade, I'm sure, but finding out that it went public while he was doing his press conference, and he continued to say, I love Lamar. I'm going to plan as if Lamar is here. The Ravens clearly want Lamar to be here. Now, obviously, the price is the, is the issue, but I do think that this is the best situation here. The guys around him love him. The team loves him, the organization, and the city the city loves him. I mean, I know we've seen an array of videos that people have come out with since Lamar has asked for the trade. I mean, obviously they're funny videos, but really like he has a pulse to the city that I just really feel like I'm sure if he goes somewhere else, people will love him because I do think that he's a great human being. But ultimately, like the Baltimore people, we love him here. You know what I mean? And so I just think that Baltimore is the best fit for him. I think that they're the ones that will be that will suit him best for what his skill set is in terms of we'll change how we'll move this around for you because you have such an extraordinary skill set and other teams would do that obviously but I think that it I think that because it's already been entrenched here it already makes more sense for him to continue his career here yeah and you know even dating back to when they drafted him they they turned this entire offense they made it for Lamar you know obviously when you look at Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson, those are two pretty different skill set quarterbacks. The Ravens switched their entire offense. They moved on from Marty Morningweg that offseason. They brought in Greg Roman, who in 2019 was great. Obviously, 2023, we can have that conversation another time. But I think for what the Ravens have done for Lamar, and you mentioned he has 
such an impact on the field, but also off of it and how he, you, talk, you said, entrenched himself in the city. I 100% agree with that. And I think it would be such a loss. Like, not that Lamar wouldn't go do great work in whatever city he went to next, because right. I think he would. He's shown he's done stuff for his home state of Florida and, and Louisville and all these communities he's been a part of. But it would be a huge loss for Baltimore, both on and off the field. And I think that, again, with the way these teams have been talking about him, have said, we're good here, we're good there, and then the love the Ravens have given him, I think that, to me, it makes sense if Lamar were to come back to Baltimore in 2023. And coming up, we'll be talking a bit more about the Lamar situation, what teams could be interested if there is a trade, and a lot more. So be sure to stay tuned. So the last to dive into on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And the tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. It's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat-first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spread. So wish you will be cutting it down the net. On an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot at those, but first, that was $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more FanDuel. We're back here. It's our second segment, Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still here with Rita Hubbard. And Rita, I know there's been that conversation about a trade. Because when a trade request comes down, you obviously got to talk about, well, where could Lamar go? What could right. the package be? And again, we've had a lot of owners and coaches and general managers come out and say, Maybe not really. We're, we're not so sure. We have a quarterback here. So based off of all that, in what teams UCF salary cap space and have a clear need at quarterback, if Lamar were to leave, whether it's on an offer sheet or an actual trade package, where do you see him going? I mean, I thought that the Falcons would have been the best fit for him. Um, you know, they had the second most salary cap available. That's um, It's another city that I think that culturally he would have fit and adapted well because they had Michael Vick, you know, some 20 years ago. Um, and I just think that it's an off it's it's a team that is very familiar with the type of style that Lamar plays and would be open to that. And also they have a good tight end, you know, um, they have a good wide receiver, a young wide receiver that they just got out of last year's draft that has a lot of promise. So they do have some players that they could move with, like, you know, Kyle Pitts and such. So I, I, I thought that Atlanta would be ideal uh, for Lamar for those reasons. Um, the Colts, while they do have some cap money, um, and obviously they have uh, the fourth overall pick as opposed to Atlanta having the eighth overall pick. Um, it, it, it doesn't culturally make a, to- a ton of sense to me, but also, I mean, this was a team who has been trying to get a quarterback for the last few years. Phillip Rivers left and they just really haven't, you know, found a- another guy to help them um, get to the playoffs. So it does make more sense, but from a cultural perspective, it, feels weird you know and then obviously you know that Colts Baltimore thing it would hurt a little bit I'd like right. to think uh for some older Ravens fans um P- Panthers I would have thought would have been a good pick because you got Frank Reich uh but then when they moved to the number one pick I mean I think that that's fair to say that they've moved past that and they're probably gonna get CJ Stroud um in that regard so there's that but commanders maybe, but then you got their, they had their own legal issues going on down there. And so I'm not really sure if that's something that they're really interested in, you know, because they got some other things going on, but that would make a lot of sense. They got some good talent on offense over there. Um, and I think that Lamar, I mean, he's, it's right down the street. He would have been able to just, you know, go down the street, but from a, a trade perspective, 
they're middle of the pack. So I, I, you can't really get much from that if you're the Ravens. But those are the teams that I just really thought could potentially be a thing. I've also had a couple of people ask me about the Vikings, which is interesting because I believe Kirk Cousins is in his last year of his contract. So the, obviously they're going to want to be exploring quarterbacks, which I think many people think that next year's quarterback class is a little bit deeper. But if you got a, a, a short thing in Lamar Jackson, why even worry about next year's quarterback class? Just get a guy that you already know can be results can bring results to your organization and can bring wins and, you know, can move your, your franchise forward. So that would be a wild card, I think. And they got good players over there as well, obviously. One of the best wide receivers in the National Football League. But I think that those teams would be ideally where you could see Lamar being a fit because they have such a need at quarterback or will have such a need at quarterback soon. Um, but ultimately, I still want to be a Raven. <laughs> I'm with you. 100% I'm with you. And I think for Minnesota, they're already paying big money to a quarterback. You bring in Lamar, that's also – now it's not Kirk Cousins' contract. It's not quite what Lamar's going to get. Right. <laughs> but at the, at the same time, you know, you just kind of throw a little bit of money here. And there there have been reports of them maybe looking to move a Dalvin Cook and stuff like that to yeah. kind of get whatever money there is off the book. So it's, it's possible. But I also think – I like that you mentioned Atlanta because I think that's a spot that does make a lot of sense, obviously – Arthur Blank's comments maybe throw a bit of a wrench in that after what he said about the sustainability and, and yeah. the games missed type deal. But my, my, if I was looking at a package and I could, and you could say, okay, you get like one good young player, I'd say bring Drake London to Baltimore. Drake London, he was great in the game against Baltimore well, somebody gotta, last year. They got to come up off of somebody. Okay. That, that yeah. trade can't happen without somebody, you know what I mean? And, I, and it's not just picks. You want to give me Drake London. No, and I think when, when you're looking at like the Russell Wilson trade package, I, I think a lot of people look to that in terms of like what the Broncos gave up to get Russell Wilson. Yeah. It wasn't just the picks. I think they got the ninth overall pick and they got obviously another first this year and a couple seconds. But it was also Drew Locke, who, I mean, was a second round pick as a quarterback a couple of years ago. Noah Fant, who was a very high first round draft yep. pick. And then Shelby Harris, who was a really solid veteran in Denver yep. for a really long time. So that's why I think the offer sheet situation, like him leaving for just two first round picks kind of rubs people the wrong way, because I think that would be a mismanagement of the situation because you can get so much more for Lamar than those two first. So, I mean, what, what would your ideal trade package be? Would it be right around that Russell Wilson package? Yeah, I mean, I would like to look, and I'm not taking anything away from Russell Wilson. He's been in two Super Bowls. He's won one of those. But Russell Wilson is no longer in his prime. I think that that's something that we can agree on, right? So when he was traded to Denver, um, at the time, he was, he, he to me, he's on the sunset portion of his career, or at least has teetered to the sunset portion of his career. So for him to get so much, you know, and in and, and return, I think you have to say, well, Lamar at this juncture, if we had to look at Russell Wilson in 2022 and Lamar Jackson in 2022 and where they were, Lamar Jackson is the better player. He's younger. You know, you can you can grow with Lamar Jackson still, whereas Russell Wilson is kind of like on the downside of his career in terms of years. So I absolutely think that you have to find a way to get more or something similar to what you've got in the Russell Wilson trade, the Deshaun Watson trade. I, I mean, anything better than two firsts. I, I mean, that is absurd. Um, and I think everybody knows that. Uh, so if a trade is imminent, I mean, obviously, I don't think it's a, I don't think we're going to go the offer sheet route because 
you could absolutely do that, right? But the Ravens, you know, will probably, if it's the right price, and by the right price, I don't know what that means. That's subjective, right? Everybody's right price can vary. I think that that's something that you have to explore because Lamar Jackson is worth more than two firsts, and everybody knows that. Yep, 100% he is. And for a team that, you know, for me, the worst case situation for any NFL team is to kind of get into this quarterback purgatory where you, you have to pay a mediocre quarterback huge money. Yep. Where I think that's where teams are because it is so hard to find a pure franchise quarterback. I think Lamar is a franchise quarterback, whether that's in Baltimore or somewhere else. But then you look at, you know, the Daniel Jones contract and the Derek Carr contracts, guys who are fine NFL quarterbacks, but are they worth that amount of money per season? I'm not, I'm not there. So I think for what the Ravens have, they were in the quarterback mediocrity ring for so many years. They finally hit on a franchise quarterback. There is no guarantee that they're going to do it again. There's a possibility they do it again, but there's, there's always a risk when it comes to bringing in somebody new. But Rita, I know, I know a very controversial topic for a lot of people has been the agent situation with Lamar. And now mm -hmm. that he, he has his team, he has the NFL pay, but there hasn't been an agent do you feel like things would have gone smoother with an agent or do you feel like he, he's still on the right path with his team and with the NFL fiat? Um, I am very pro agent. I am pro anybody that has experience of doing anything and paying them convenience. Um, so that is where I stand with anything, any type of labor. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I believe that getting people who do this on a regular basis are the people that you should go with because the NFL uh, is a very, it, the, the entity uh, can be very dirty. And I think we're finding this out the hard way. Well, Lamar is, is finding out the hard way how the NFL plays and um, how they move. And I think that you need somebody with experience on your side to help you do that. Even if you didn't want to actually get an agent, but get a guy that has negotiating experience like Laramie Tunzel, like Roquan Smith did in their uh, contract negotiations, I think that that would be better. Um, because honestly, you really don't know what you're dealing with when you're dealing with a bunch of billionaires. Because as of right now, Lamar Jackson is fighting a, a fight by himself. If he had more quarterbacks behind him, like a Joe Burrow or a Jalen Hurts of that of that stature, right? Because I think that it's very important to acknowledge that it has to be a quarterback of a certain stature to get behind him. I think he'd have a case. I think he'd be trending in the right direction. Um, but this is a situation where strength is in numbers. And as of right now, he's he's fighting this fight alone and he shouldn't have to. You know what I mean? This is a situation where he is looking for generational wealth, as he should. And absolutely so, someone who is qualified to do this should be in a position to try to help him. And I'm not even just talking about uh, the contract. You know, Lamar should be in every commercial in Baltimore City. In every commercial uh, nationally, he should have all the endorsements, you know, and I think that having someone with that kind of experience helps you getting those types of arenas and get the money that you so well deserve. So, you know, I, I, whether he gets an agent or not, I still hope he finds a way to get, you know, paid in the sense of where he believes that his value was met. Um, but ultimately, I do think that having an agent or someone that was qualified to have these negotiations would have helped this come along a little bit smoother. Right. And I agree in the fact that I think it would have helped things 
be a little smoother both for the Ravens and for it's just so different when you have an agent first when you don't in terms of you know you're talking directly to the team and the team's telling you well we want to pay you but we don't think we can pay you this because x y z yeah I I have to say you know when you these are things now you have to hear things about yourself that is business related but it's hard to not take things like that personally right and you're hearing it directly from the people that you are trying to get a big payday from i'm not you know i'm gonna tell you i don't know how i wouldn't take that personal um even though i know it's a business situation but if you're telling me well you can't stay healthy well you can't do this and you know your style of play is very you know risky and we're putting a big risk to try to pay you big money hurt my feelings a little bit you know what i mean so to hear it directly obviously i mean because i'm sure agents rely that relate that information you know to these guys but maybe they don't do it necessarily in the, the exact way that they get from the gms so i personally would have my little feelings hurt you know and so i, I would like to think that you would get a little it, it would hurt your feelings just a little bit to hear why somebody doesn't think that the value that you believe is not what they see you so, you know, that that it's a buffer also. Agents are also buffers. And I don't think that we get that part either. They're the messengers. And sometimes you kind of do need the messenger to help you understand the situation a little bit better. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100. My feelings would be hurt too. I'm 100% with you. You know, you're kind of hearing all this stuff and, you know, this team that, you know, I don't think it's like the Ravens don't love him because they're telling him this stuff. But right. it's, it's a matter of like, even still, you're hearing that and you're like, oh, I didn't know you felt this way about me. So the agent exactly. can be the buffer. And I agree, you know, Lamar should be, get Lamar the Royal Farms deal. Get him that endorsement. Get him on those Royal Farms commercials, all yep. local, all national. He deserves, he's had the Oakley thing. Josh Allen got a Gillette commercial. He's not even saying anything. Lamar can do that. <laughs> and Josh Allen has no real facial hair. Okay, so Lamar can do something in that realm. <laughs> I know, you, you, we, we have to get Lamar on TV more. I, I, I'm 100% with that. Get him the money, get him that FaceTime too. But we will be talking, we'll take a little break from the Lamar situation in this final segment. We'll talk a bit about Odell Beckham, a bit about Calais Campbell, and a lot more. Still a lot to dive into on Locked on Ravens. Don't go anywhere. We return our final segment, Locked on Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with Rita Hubbard. And Rita, you know, I said we're not going to talk anymore about Lamar Jackson, but it all ties back to him, I think, in one way or the other with what Absolutely. the Ravens have done this offseason. So when you're talking about wide receiver, that whole conversation has to do with Lamar and the fact that I personally think the Ravens didn't do a wonderful job managing the wide receiver position during his rookie contract in terms of what other teams got. I know we kind of had that conversation on Twitter a couple weeks ago. The Ravens, though, talk with Odo Beckham at the owners meetings. No, no talk with a lot of different teams. And there's been scattered reports of interest here and there. The Ravens are looking at getting a top flight wide receiver. Odell, someone who I think is the only needle mover left in this free agent class. Wasn't a very strong one to begin with. Personally, the Ravens signed Nelson Aguilar. That was not super well received by the fan base. Understandable. But I think that, you know, for Aguilar, if it's the move, that can't happen. And Nelson Aguilar cannot be the move. If he is a move to be a four or a five, then fine. That, that's I'm fine with that. But with Odell, free agent-wise, I'm on board with that. If you look at DeAndre Hopkins, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy, I'm on board with that too. But I know a lot of people are asking the question, Rita, if it's without Lamar, does it even matter at that point? I mean, yes, because you still need depth at wide receiver, regardless of who the quarterback situation is. Um, You know, so there's that part of it. Uh, It's important to have the wide receivers. We knew going into last year, Kevin, that they didn't have enough wide receivers. And on top of that, they had 
not outside of Rashad Bateman, who was only going into his second year. So, so the jury is still out on Bateman because of his injury history prior to 2022 season. We really still didn't know, you know, what we were getting. And then the, when you saw the other guys, I mean, you know, okay. But on other teams, they would be three, four, and fives. Um, so, you know, you really felt like you needed more depth there. The Ravens know that. And I would hope that Aguilar is just a move and not the move, like you said, because that's not going to be enough. Um, I would hope that they could get a guy like Odell Beckham or a guy, like you said, like DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, the biggest issue, though, is that we all know is that how much money can you afford to do that from a cap perspective? Because Lamar takes up there. He will, if he eventually signs the sheet, take up thirty two million dollars. Um, but ultimately, if you do move on from him, it doesn't change the fact that you need wide receivers. You need guys. So uh, they need to figure that out and figure it out fast. Obviously, Jerry Judy could potentially be something that they could look into. But I don't know how much that's going to cost from a draft capital perspective. And also, uh, although he'll be cheap now because he's on his rookie deal, you don't know how long that's going to um, what, what happens after that? What ha- How long will you be able to resign him? Is this just going to be a, a, a quick lease? You don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, and I think for this position, what the Ravens were in last year, I don't think they were necessarily misguided in saying we're going to trust the young guys. It's always fine to trust the young guys. The issue is that they literally had nothing but young guys outside of Demarcus Robinson. Yep. And going into the arena, I was saying, well, look, if they lose Rashad Bateman, that room is very suspect. And then they lose Bateman and Duvernay. And then there's the famous graphic of like week, I can't like week 16 or 17, where their top four wideouts were a 36 year old Deshaun Jackson, Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, who they claimed off of waivers for a second go around. And then James Prochet. And that to me in any offense, whether Lamar or not is not going to cut it regardless so I think hopefully, I'm, I'm hopeful that Baltimore has learned from that mistake. They have signed the veteran in Aguilar. Hopefully there is another veteran move on the way. I think the only two receivers that were safe going into this offseason on the Ravens roster were Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay. I think yeah. you could see a guy like a Tylen Wallace get cut or moved if he doesn't pan out. James Perche, same thing. So my thing is I always say the Ravens like default keep six wideouts just as a prediction. Two and veterans, two young guys. Like yep. that to me is where it should be alongside. I know Devin Duvernay has a decently big cap hit for a third rounder that was taken in yeah. 2020. He still produces though. Some people are on the move Devin Duvernay train. Others are not. I'm kind I think he should stay. He's valuable. But at, this, at the same time, there has to be some, because imagine Rashad Bateman with a DeAndre Hopkins next to him. You can have DeAndre Hopkins teach him for a couple years, get the production, and then maybe Bateman can move into that role. That's where I see it go. And that's where I think a veteran would really help. That would be a dream. That would be a dream. Or Odell, for that matter. Two veteran guys who know how to play ball, who have been very successful at what they've done. Uh, I would love to see that. Now, obviously, we don't know how much it's going to cost in terms of getting um, DeAndre Hopkins from a draft perspective or trade perspective. You might have to trade a player. You might have to trade some draft capital. And then you got to find a way to pay him. Uh, but ultimately, uh, that would be a dream. Yeah, I think for me, wide receiver and corner are the two biggest needs. No question about it, based off of just where depth is there. You have Marlon Humphrey at corner, but you don't have much else. And wide receiver-wise, I think a veteran or two would really help out. But then there are the sneaky needs. And I think now one of those is on the defensive line. Not that Baltimore doesn't have great defensive line depth already, but 
There's a big veteran hole in the middle of that now because Calais Campbell, the Ravens end up releasing him, save about seven-ish million dollars in cap space. Eric DeCosta didn't rule out a reunion, but a reunion is now officially ruled out of the picture as he ends up committing to the Falcons and going to the NFC. I know a lot of people were surprised with the actual team because of Campbell's desire to win a Super Bowl. I don't think people feel like Atlanta is quite there yet. Yeah. But I do think it's a it's a somewhat of a big deal that the Ravens did lose Campbell. I think he is still very productive. 36 years old, you know, still a very productive player, even entering his 16th season. But how do you kind of anticipate this defensive line room Rita kind of shaping up after Campbell's now official departure? I mean, they got, you know, they got to grow up a little bit because Campbell really um, was a big impact to me on this defensive line. Um, you could really tell the struggle of run defense when Calais Campbell was not out there. And I don't have the numbers in front of me to say what they were like with him and without him. But if I had to guess, there's a difference. And so now you got a situation where you got um, Washington, where you got Metabike right now and Travis Jones, who obviously is a young guy. Um, and then you bring back Michael Pierce, who comes back and can, you know, contribute to this defensive line who, you know, went out relatively early last year, but, you know, hey, he's not here to help you anymore. So now you guys got to come and, and you got to figure it out. And I do think that they'll be up for the, the job. I think that um, Washington and Metabike was really good and doing that. Um, now it's just more so about consistency. And now you're going to have Travis Jones in the fold as well, who's going to have to pull his big boy pants up and get more reps. And I think that he'll be able to do it. I, I love his athleticism, Travis Jones. Um, I, I love the way that he plays. I'm interested to see what he's like when he gets more play time, because I do think that he could be a factor on this defense. And then you have the veteran leadership of Michael Pierce, who we know had been in Baltimore before. So, um, I'm looking forward to seeing this defensive line. Obviously, I would have loved to have Calais back. He is one of my favorite guys um, on and off the field. Uh, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to move forward. And now the Ravens are going to have to figure out a way. They also have to figure out a way to pay these guys because they don't have a lot of money on that defensive line outside of Travis Jones. I think after is it either 2023 or 2024? I mean, literally nothing. So they have to find a way to pay somebody. So somebody got to step up. And I'm just interested to see who's going to be the one to get their next payday on that defensive line. Yeah, and you're right. After this season, I think this season they're they're fine. But then Madibik and Washington, yeah. yep, they're up after this year. Michael Pierce has kind of soft-tinted at retiring after this deal is up. So he has at least one more year. Brent Urban on a one-year deal. So really only Travis Jones is that like he's definitely going to be there next year. So you have to kind of wonder, will there be a draft pick? I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. The Ravens, I think, will trade back or at least accumulate yeah. more draft picks. Five is not enough for Eric DaCosta in this Ravens organization. So a defensive lineman, I think, will be in the cards there, potentially in the middle or later rounds. We have the drafts. Cut. It's coming up quickly. We're almost in April. And I cannot imagine the April Fool's jokes we're about to get. <laughs> the Ravens, the Twitter, and that with the verified checks going away. So RIP oh, to God. that. <laughs> That's on April Fool's Day, so might be a yep. couple fake Lamar contracts coming out. Maybe the real one, but <laughs> it might be fake. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it, by I know. It's, I, I, I am not looking forward to April Fool's Day because we're going to see so many dupes, so many fake accounts. But as the offseason kind of continues, what do you want to see Baltimore do, whether it's bringing in people, Lamar situation-wise, draft-wise? What's the ideal next couple of months for you? I would like to see a, a Lamar resolution. And ideally, I think that that would mean re-signing him. But if it 
doesn't, then I would like to see a resolution regardless because you can't be held captive for lack of a better term, right? I don't want, I don't want to say it like that, but you can't be in limbo. That's the be- that's a better term. You can't be in limbo going into a season the way that the Ravens currently are. Um, you know, you have to find a way to either try to get close to what it is that he's asking for uh, or finding a suitor to, you know, move him. So then that way you can find your quarterback uh, of your future or your for, or for the now until next year or whatever. But I would really like to see some type of resolution for this sooner than later. And then also, again, you know, we already touched on this, the wide receiver position. Um, I would really like to see them pursue someone else other than Nelson Aguilar, uh, I think that, you know, whoever the quarterback is deserves that much. And, you know, seeing Todd Munkin and, and hope and hoping that this his style of play calling in an offense with good skill sets at the wide receiver position, you would like to see good players. And so I, I would love to see how this is all going to unfold. But if you're going to do it with the likes of, you know, just Bateman with Aguilar and DuVernay, I, you know, I don't know what we're doing here. You know what I mean? Because everybody else in your division is making good additions and you're just sitting here just waiting and contemplating and trying to figure out if Lamar Jackson is your quarterback or not. I just don't know how much longer you can continue to do that. And look, the Ravens probably are like, we can do this as long as he want to do it. We can play this $32 million tag out the season and just worry about it next year. But why? Right. Like, don't you want to try to come down to a conclusion now? So then that way, you know what your next move is, as opposed to just questioning your next move. And so that's I think that that's the most important thing. Try to get this Lamar situation resolved either way and find you some depth at wide receiver, because that's absolutely a need that the Ravens have. I like that plan. And I to kind of piggyback off a point you said. Oh, quarterback I think- too. I forgot. I'm sorry. Corner. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know who's yeah. beside Marlon Humphrey. I mean, do you need me to go out there? <laughs> I'll go with you. I'll go okay, with you. <laughs> so let's ta- let's tag team it in every other play because clearly they need some guy in the back because they don't have anybody currently right now. Um, a number two besides Marlon Humphrey because as we know, Marcus Peters was is a free agent. So, um, yeah, figure that out too. <laughs> Mar- Marlon, Marlon, Kevin, and Rita, the, the trio that the Ravens need right I like now. It. So we'll, we'll, we'll get it done. But I think also, you know, what I was going to say is the fact that I think a lot of people would feel robbed if they didn't see Lamar Jackson in a non-Greg Roman offense. I think a lot of people I, I agree 100%. outside of the Marty Morning Way second half of 2018. But this is what I think people want to see. Lamar in a Todd Munkin offense, I think, can cater to Lamar's skill set. He's very well known for what he can do both at the college and the pro level. I think people want to see that and they'd feel a little they'd feel a little robbed if Lamar left and then Todd Munkin comes in and it was just well we got to see Lamar with Greg Roman and nothing else. So I think that's really important to hopefully get Lamar back to see what he can do, hopefully spread his wings in that non-Greg Roman offense. Rita, I appreciate you hopping on with me. Thanks so much for joining me. Please tell people where they can find you and what you're working on. Sure. Thanks again for having me. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, at the NFL Chick um, Winning Drive podcast with myself and Cordell Woodland uh, on the Odyssey app, or you can find it on any streaming site available. Uh, sometimes I'm on Brother from Another on Peacock, and then the Gridiron Gals podcast 
we'll be probably doing a draft episode soon because this is kind of our off season, but uh, we'll be doing a draft uh, episode shortly. So thanks so much for having me, Kevin. Yeah, of course. And I was not kidding. She is everywhere. Be sure to check out all her work. It'll all be in the description below. You can follow her on Twitter and be sure to check out what she's doing. Cause again, she's doing a lot, but thank you again, Reed. I really appreciate it. That's all I have for you here today on locked on Ravens. Be sure to subscribe here, audio form, video form for free. When we get back here tomorrow, I'll be rounding out the week with more Ravens talk. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I'll see you right back here tomorrow.